This is Play-By-Play Cast. Is that faster than a greyhound? The podcast about play-by-play guys. For play-by-play guys, by I'm told, a play-by-play guy. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. Now here's the host of Play-by-Play Cast, Todd Bodet. Wait, the Motel 6 guy? We'll leave the light on for you. No, Joel Godet. Joe Godet. Joel. Joel. Joel? Joel, with an L. Okay, here's your host, Joel Godet. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. get back to work. Thanks as always for the subscribe, the stream, the download, however you're tuning in to this here podcast. My name is Joel Godet, and this is the podcast about play-by-play broadcasters for play-by-play broadcasters, hosted by a play-by-play broadcaster. It's a professional development podcast that dives into the tips, tricks, experience, stories, process, and preparations of some of the biggest and best play-by-play announcers in the business. You can find this podcast on social media at PXPCast on Twitter, or you can hit me up at Joel Godet, J-O-E-L-G-O-D-E-T-T, or shoot me an email, J-G-O-D-E-T-T, at B-S-U dot E-D-U. Our guest today is the voice of the Missouri Tigers. Mike Kelly joins us. He's been the voice at Mizzou since 1991-1992, the 1991-1992 academic year uh, when Mike Kelly took over since then has gone on to become a staple in radio, in Missouri sports radio, in Missouri sports culture, and has been inducted into the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame as well. It was inducted in the 2017 class. A warning in advance this week. Um, this is one of our wonkier podcasts that we've produced in a while. Now, the purpose of this pod is to really dive in to the nitty gritty, to break down the craft side of play-by-play and, and talk about um, the mechanics. And as we say off the top, process and preparation and and you know the, the how and why of what we do as play-by-play broadcasters. But this week in particular, uh, I was just in a, a different kind of mood in terms of diving into the mechanical side of things. So uh, heads up just off the top, this is a very... Um, mechanical episode it gets down and dirty into the details of uh, exactly how mike perceives this business and and this craft and this art form and um, part of that is uh you know picking his brain and part of that is just kind of where my brain in particular was this week in the last couple of weeks you know we're halfway through football season and i've listened to every ball state football radio game on repeat after each of the last six weeks. And there's been a couple of different things that I've wanted to work on and wanted to fix and wanted to chip away at. And being honest, uh, we address some of those questions and some of those things on this podcast. Uh, You know, at the end of the day, that's what this forum truly is, is a chance to sit down and, and talk about those things with announcers uh, and get their opinions and get their uh, perspectives um, and see how it works to help uh, me in some senses and then also hopefully in uh, a lot of senses help everyone else uh, out there listening as well. So uh, some questions on this episode that kind of dive into some things that have been top of my mind listening back to my own stuff uh, over the past couple of weeks or so. 
uh, with now half of football season still laid out in front of me. So just a warning off the top. This is one of our, uh, you know, kind of nerd alert, uh, more nerd alert episode podcasts when it comes to uh, the actual details of play-by-play, and I hope you'll enjoy that. Uh, very much is the case about next week's episode two, uh, when Dave Hunziker uh, stops around, the voice of the Oklahoma State Cowboys. So with that as the preface and the foreground, let's not waste any further time and dive right into um, those details on this week's episode of The Pod. And it starts with, well, the early times for Mike Kelly. What he first fell in love with about play-by-play, what he loved about this craft and this business then, and what he still loves about it now, what keeps him going every single day. Mike Kelly joining us here on PXPCast. Um, The opportunity to have a connection to the game is sincerely the reason why uh, I do what I do in the the path that I chose. Uh, I was an athlete growing up in high school and played uh, played basketball for two years, uh, you know, in college, and always wanted to find an opportunity to work somewhere close to the game. Um, played football in high school. Played football growing up all as a child and. You know, just the love of the two sports was something that always attracted uh, me to, you know, again, trying to find the connection. I didn't want to coach. Uh, I had an opportunity um, to get into coaching at one point in time, but didn't want to do that. Um, And growing up in the St. Louis area, uh, I grew up in a small um, community across the river from St. Louis, Dupo, Illinois, D-U-P-O, and it's about... uh, four miles south of East St. Louis and so about six miles south of the city. Uh, My dad was a huge KMOX fan and he would pick me up from whether it be high school football practice or basketball practice or track or whatever. Uh, On his way home from work, he would pick me up and he would always have KMOX on. And so, you know, growing up listening to Cardinal games and listening to you know, Jack Buck and Mike Shannon or Jack and Harry and Bob Starr doing St. Louis Cardinals football or University of Missouri football and Dan Kelly doing the St. Louis Blues and, you know, a young guy back in the 70s by the name of Bob Costas doing the Spirits of St. <laughs> Louis on radio. Um, those were voices that, that became a part of my childhood and a part of my uh, uh, formative years. And so... I was always intrigued by how they got into the positions that they were able to uh, put themselves into. And it was, uh, it was because of that, um, that, that I eventually chose, you know, to, to, to pursue that as a career. Um, when I went to college, I thought I was going to be an attorney. I really thought I wanted to practice law. But, you know, a couple of years of college classwork and, <laughs> Maybe not being really excited about being in the classroom, um, I opted for something for something else, and broadcasting kind of became a natural fit. What were your influences, uh, or what was the influence on you of hearing guys like Bob Costas? And then early in your career, I mean, I know Joe was one of your first partners, but you know, being around Jack Buck, um, what about what they did became important to you and helped shape? Uh, what you became as a broadcaster early on and, and, and I guess is carried through now. 
their ability to paint the picture of what was taking place either on the baseball diamond or, you know, in, in Bob's case on the basketball court, um, you know, the connection that they had with, with both individual teams and with the fan bases of those teams uh, was also something that was um, to me, you know, very intriguing. Um, Jack was a great teacher Aside from being a wonderful human being and a terrific person, uh, he was a great teacher. Um, you know, you, you mentioned Joe, and yeah, Joe was my first color analyst when I started doing uh, Mizzou basketball during the 91-92 season. And Jack would see the two of us in the office, and Joe was, you know, fresh out of Indiana University and um, had done some Louisville Cardinal play-by-play on radio uh, with Jim Kelch. Uh, Jack used to refer to us as the two fledglings. When are you two fledglings going to start your career? Um, to which now I use as kind of a, uh, a line is that, you know, uh, one of us is still fledgling. <laughs> the other one's had quite a career. So, um, you know, uh, just little things that Jack would tell you along the way. Um, you know, people don't care about what you think about the call or what you think about the officials doing the game. The people listening to your game want to hear you call the play. So it doesn't matter what the score is. doesn't matter who makes the play. Call the play because you don't know who's listening on the other end. And so the level of, of excitement, if the play deserves it, should be equal to the listener who's listening to you on the radio because you're the objective observer who's calling the play. Things like that. I mean, you know, you, you remember that right away. Um, <laughs> he had another line, which is, which is true in our business too. Why are you there? You're there to get paid, you know? So he'd say, keep a $100 bill in your, in your wallet, pull it out next time you get bored doing a game and put it in front of the microphone because it reminds you why you're there to get paid. So, um, you know, just, just little subtle things like that along the way, you know, make you appreciate the position that you have, but also give you, I think, a great um, message in terms of, you know, you don't know who's on the other end. You don't know who's listening to your broadcast. Yeah, I mean, we think it's, you know, if it's a Ball State game, you think it's Cardinal fans. If it's Missouri games, you think, well, you know, Missouri fans are listening. Well, in this day and age, right, with, with the different platforms in which the games are available on, um, I, I think you get a variety of people that are tuned in. And so call the play because that's 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 what the listener wants to hear. And so those, those are some of the things I learned from – and as I as I call him Mr. Buck, uh, call him that until until uh, until the end. Uh, in fact, I did a Cardinal game with him, and I sat down with him. He said, "Remember, it's not Mr. Buck tonight; it's Jack." I said, "Okay, thanks, sir. I appreciate it." So <laughs> anyway, and then, he was a good and then man. you and then you called him Mr. Buck anyway. There's that. <laughs> uh, no, no, oh, okay. I called him Jack. Okay. Uh, but I did at the end of the game. Uh, it was a Cardinals. I think they were playing the Padres and uh, you know, Jack had a, uh, 
a line at the end of every Cardinal game where he'd say, that's a winner. Um, and unbeknownst to me, with two outs in the bottom of the ninth inning, or two outs in the top of the ninth inning, he, he, he says to the listeners, he says, Mike Kelly will bring you the final out. Well, fortunately for me, I think it was a ground ball hit to Ozzie Smith that he then threw across the diamond to Pedro Guerrero at first base. And then I said, and as my friend Mr. Buck would say, <laughs> that's a winner. So um, I did get it in there, I guess. So anyway. You talked about fan connection in there, uh, too. And I, I want to go back to that. And I've actually never asked this question on this podcast before. Uh, and I'm curious your thoughts on it from the standpoint of obviously fans connect with what we do and, and who we are and the, and the product that we put out there in this in this business and in this craft. Uh, why do you think that fans latch on to broadcasters in the way that they do and I guess to certain ones in the way that they do, because you'll always talk to people in markets and they'll love one guy, not like another guy. What is it about what we do that, that can endear or, or unendear people to you? And I, and I guess what's the approach that you take the right way so that uh, it's not like everybody's trying. You're not, you're not going into this so that people like you, but obviously you want people to enjoy what they're listening to, why people latch on and how you can get in that right boat. Right. Well, I, I think... I think we all as broadcasters with with the listener develop a level of credibility as you as you move throughout your career. Um, I would hope, I mean, two weeks ago against Georgia, it was my 300th consecutive Missouri football game, each game since the start of the 94 season. And the only reason why I mentioned that is that I would hope that 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 time span has served as an opportunity for me to build a level of credibility with the the Missouri fans, uh, whether it be because of the consistency, uh, you know, showing up for work uh, and hopefully in my work uh, consistency that, 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 that builds. But I think that, I think the other thing too, is that I think we as broadcasters, uh, particularly play-by-play people develop a relationship with a listener uh, because you were at every game because they know that most of us doing shows with coaches develop a relationship with the staffs. And I think that there's a level of trust that comes with those relationships that you've built. And there's a trust that naturally then occurs between you and the, and the listener. Now, does everyone who listens to Missouri football like Mike Kelly? I, I, I guarantee they don't. I guarantee they don't. So I have no control over that. But that's part of what's, I think, in, in a little bit the uniqueness of the business and the profession that we've chosen. You know, my full-time job is in the insurance industry. Uh, I'm a senior vice president uh, with the insurance firm Huntley McGee in, in St. Louis, um, you know, we, we, we work with large and small commercial clients. We've got clients in 50 states. We've got clients that operate in about 60 countries around the world. But my success from a sales standpoint is very easy to measure, very tangible. Numbers dictate whether I've had a good year or a bad year from a sales perspective, right? In our business, in, in, in this, this thing we call broadcasting and, and, and this this hobby as it's become for me, 
from the very beginning, your success is is really dictated by a subjective analysis of either your voice or your work. Someone along the line said, you know, Joel, you'll sound pretty good. I think you need to become the the voice of, of, of Ball State. Um, you know, for me, uh, again, the opportunity to, to, to work in this position was because along the line, somebody thought that I sounded good uh, for whatever reason. And um, to me, that's another unique uh, thing about the uh, about these opportunities is that, you know, you uh, you initially get your start because somebody likes what you sound like or likes the like the way you describe something. Um and, and and hopefully for all of us that that results in the ability to stay in that position for a long time. But in terms of winning over fans, I, I, I don't know how you I don't know that you can prevent someone from from not liking the way that you sound or, or, or the way that you are catchphrase or something like that. I, I don't know how to overcome that. I really don't. Um, because again, it's, it's very subjective and you're dealing with a number of different personalities and individuals and to somebody, they may hate my voice. You know, they may hate the way that I describe Missouri football. I, I, I can't do anything about that. All I can do is try to do my best possible job every time I sit down. Well, that being said, what is the best possible way to describe Missouri football? If you had to sit down and go back to the Jack Buck, uh, the Jack Buck quote of just call the game, um, football in particular, because that's the season we're in, what is uh, perfect is is a tough word, but what is exceptional play by play? What is really good when you turn on the radio or, or if you're listening back to yourself, what makes you feel like you had a good day? Well, I think if you if you can if the listener can see the field of play as they're listening to the game and can understand the description that your words are providing to them um, in a manner that has a change in inflection, a change in tone and either an increase in enthusiasm or a decrease in enthusiasm because of what's taking place on the field, um, then I think you've drilled it. I mean, I, I, you know, there have been times where people come up to me, well, how'd you think you did on that play? Well, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I really don't. It's, it's, it's not mine to judge. It's really that of the listener to judge. And, you know, somebody asked me, uh, you know, a few years ago, I was, I was blessed to be uh, inducted into the state of Missouri's Sports Hall of Fame, and, yeah. and, and somebody said, well, well, how would you want to be remembered? Um, and I said, as someone that showed up to do their job, someone that cared for others, and hopefully at the end of the day, somebody that got it right. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I, I think that's just kind of, if you will, kind of a thumbnail sketch of what I think it is. I mean, um, you know, try to do it to the best of your ability. Try to, uh, you know, understand that, that you have a broad audience that's out there. Understand that every play deserves uh, the same amount of attention and focus uh, as, as as the play before it and the play after it. Um, and just stay locked in. And, 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 you know, sometimes it's hard, right? you got a lot of things going on inside of Booth. I mean, we've got you know, um, not only an analyst, but a producer, an engineer, we've got two spotters, we've got a statistician. There are a lot of hands flying at times. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, it's, it's hard not to be distracted, but that's why you have to be able to, 
you know, hopefully have that, that tunnel vision and, and to be able to stay focused on what's taking place uh, on the field of play. You know, I, I had somebody call it uh, to me the other day, uh, mind before mouth syndrome too. And I, I feel like it's in this day and age where the sport, particularly in football, goes so quickly and you can see something develop much more so than any other sport that you broadcast. Um, you know, I'm thinking you know, in my case in point, back to last week, Ball State ran a, a, a double handoff flea flicker. Uh, and you can literally see the jet sweep come. You see it get handed off again. You see it get pitched back. And all these things are happening. And it's trying to find the ability to slow down the action in front of you so that you can actually call it without tripping over yourself. Uh, what's the yeah. what's the best way that you find to, to keep yourself paced so that you can then deliver to somebody else what you're seeing and not get so wrapped up in the moment that it becomes difficult to actually deliver and describe? Um, that's a great question. I, I, and I think the, what to, to phrase it in another way, what you're talking about is, is for the broadcaster to be able to selectively edit in their mind yeah, yeah. the words that they're going to use. And, um, you know, I think a lot of it is, is sometimes understanding that we as broadcasters don't have to be, I mean, point on when something's happening, you know, the guys at the 10, you know, you don't have to, your call doesn't have to be that he's naturally at the 10. I mean, you want to be keep pace with what he's going, but sometimes it's not bad to kind of pull back a little bit um, and to be able to allow, I think the, the natural flow of, of the game and the excitement of the crowd to maybe, kind of come into play a little bit too. Um, so, you know, a, a pause here or there isn't, isn't a bad thing, but, um, you know, and I think sometimes we, we, we have a tendency because we get so excited and, and want to uh, describe to the audience, everything that's going on, that sometimes it's, it, it, it's okay to just let it breathe a little bit. Right. Um, I, uh, I, we, the way our system is set up, you know, we've got um, uh, a producer that that you know will is, is a part of the broadcast, and that he will he will read some of the in-game reads, um, and we have an engineer that gets gets panicked sometimes if there's if there's dead air, um, and what I try to remind both of them is that it's not FM hot hit radio. <laughs> you don't have to segue from one piece of music to the other. It's a natural event. And sometimes it's kind of enjoyable to maybe let just have a little pause and listen to the band if they're playing, or maybe have a little pause and listen to whatever music that might be playing. It's okay. It's a long broadcast. I mean, you know, it's in some cases, three and a half, three forty-five, depending on if the two, two teams are, you know, teams like to spread it and throw it. So, um, I hope I've answered that. No, yeah, no, 100%. You know? Yeah. You talked about inflection earlier, too, and I wanted to double back to that um, from the standpoint of, and again, this is one of those things where it happens in football, and again, particularly nowadays, because offenses go so quickly, and it gives this almost frenetic feel to a game at times. Uh, how do you manage that aspect of it from the standpoint of not sounding like it is so intense all the time and then being able to differentiate when you do hit a big play. Cause I feel like personally, yeah. uh, particularly the last couple of weeks when I've listened back to things, I'm like, gosh, I feel like 
I feel like I'm up a lot more than I should be. And then when someone hits a 30-yard pass, the, the gap between normal and large play uh, is not what it should be because I feel like I'm up in the first place. Uh, and being able to kind of find that space between kind of talking yeah. voice and action voice. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's that's a uh, that is something I think we all deal with. Um, and I think part of it is, is that maybe every play starts with you in one tone or in one moment and then kind of builds. Right. And so I've always just tried to think that each each play is is and each drive is kind of like a building block right for the team, but also for you. Yeah. Um, you know, and you're building to whatever that eventual play may be. So uh, that's, that's how I've tried to just look at it is, 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 is every play is a building block and, and, and with you as the broadcaster, it starts here, but then it, it, it will either take you or it won't take you to that next level. Uh, so I've always tried to kind of, and I understand what you're saying, you know, part of it is right. If, if you're in these positions, you probably like what you do, probably love what you do. And so it's easy to get excited about what you what you're doing. Um, you know, and during the course of a football game, I found myself particularly early on in my career, you'd lose your voice in the fourth quarter because I didn't know how to manage it early on. Um, and so I think that's part of it too, is you naturally learn how to, 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 to manage voice quality and, and manage those, those, those moments when, you know, it's excited. I mean, where you're excited, uh, I've always appreciated broadcasters that have that natural excitement that comes to their voice. Not that that seems like it has to be manufactured. Um, and, um, and I just think that that's something that develops over time with style and with, with pacing and, and with experience. How much, uh, did you, I guess, originally listen back to, to your work and how much do you still listen back now? And, and what do you listen for when you do that? Uh, don't listen to it as much as I used to, used to listen to it a lot, but I candidly, I hated the way I sounded. So I was like, Oh my gosh, who wants to listen to this? Oh, <laughs> I feel like we man. all do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. So, um, but I'll listen back to certain plays just to see, you know, either how bad it was or, or did I, did I capture it correctly? Um, more than anything, just to, you know, is there a better way I could have said something? Um, so, but it, but not nearly as much as I as, as as I used to. I used to to the point where it was probably um, probably a negative, right? Because I think the one thing too that we all have to understand is that when you talk for as long as 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 a broadcaster will talk, particularly on a football Saturday or a football Thursday or Friday, or whenever the game is played Sunday, you you can't utter as many words as 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 one will utter during the course of calling a game and not have a stumble or two. You just can't. It's just, it's, it's, it's natural, you know? Um, and um, so I think once you get over that, that, that there's, that, you know, there's, there's, there's not going to be always a perfect, you know, perfect game where you, where you don't have either a mistake or a stumble or something like that. Once you get over that and can just relax and just call it, and guess what? The quality, and, and, I, and I think your work improves too. Do you have any favorite terminology that you like to use? I, uh, that's one of my favorite things to ask people is uh, descriptive uh, phrases man, you've great, thought of. Yeah. Um, I picked this up. 
one of my first play-by-play jobs is that I did I did play-by-play for the University of Illinois women's volleyball team uh, back in uh, the mid '80s, and um, actually learned how to do the games by sitting and on the baseline of practice a couple of days before calling a NCAA regional between Missouri and USC and Lincoln, Nebraska, sat there with an assistant coach, and he literally just walked me through the pace of the game and walked me through, you know, some strategy and things like that. And and I'm sure it was horrendous listening to it. But, um, <laughs> it, you know, um, eventually our radio station in Champaign, WDWS, became the first, first station um, east of the Mississippi to carry – every women's volleyball game home and road uh, and that dates back to the 1986 season so um but what that sport did is it, it it helped me with pacing it helped me with the ability to selectively edit in my mind what i was doing but i also learned the phrase pinballs um you know a ball pinballs off a defender trying to dig the ball pinballs off one defender hits, hits the other and I've used that in basketball, pinballs off the rim. Um, you know, um, trying to think of other ones that I've used throughout, um, throughout, you know, football and basketball. Uh, pop flies, you know, quarterback pop flies the ball. Um, you know, uh, rainbows is, is another one, you know, to try and change it up between just, just, Heaves it downfield, slings it. I say downfield uh, way too often, too. By the way, so if you have any good ones, yeah, there. you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, pop. You know, I'll say instead of downfield, I'll try to say like rainbows right sideline or pop fly right sideline. Yeah. Um, airs it out. Um, you know, I, I one of the phrases that's probably been attached to me for quite a while since the since really the mid nineties, I guess, um, I have used the phrase takes it to the house, um, quite a bit after scoring plays. And I used to always reserve it for just, for just, you know, big touchdowns. And, and, and I, and I probably have, I've tried to you know, pull back maybe a little bit over the years with it, but, um, I was at practice one day at Mizzou and I was watching the defensive backs. And again, this is 1994, 95. And the defensive backs at that point in time were talking to each other and pick that and take it to the house. And and I was like, I kind of like that. And so I started using it. And uh, so um, that's another one that I've used um, for a scoring run or, or, you know, catch and run, pick six, something like that. Um, those are a couple. Gotcha. Here's the question to which there is no answer. Um, what do you enjoy more, football or basketball? Oh, I think there is an answer. Oh, <laughs> I, Joel, I think there is an answer. Okay. And, and my answer to that question that has been asked many, many times is that I love the challenge that each one presents. Uh, with basketball, it's the pace, right? It's, it's, it's the pace of play. Um, you know, with football, it's the number of things that could go wrong on any player or the number of things that could happen on any play because of the 22 people that are on the field at the same time. So, uh, I don't think that's a cop out answer. I think that's pretty good. Is there a way that you keep track, by the way, of who's on the field at any given time in terms of those 22? 
Because I feel like there will be times um, where it's like, oh, I didn't realize that corner checked in and it catches you by surprise. What are the ways that you check yourself on on personnel and things of that nature? Uh, yeah, I'm always trying when I lay out and allow the color analyst to talk or our sideline reporter to talk, I'm, I'm, I'm always checking substitutions on both sides. Um, but I also, and you know, using spotter to, to hopefully, you know, uh, be able to keep track of that as well. Um, you know, and there are times that you miss somebody, you just do, you know, uh, but that's, that's how I try to, is just each and every play, try to keep, try to keep an eye on while they're talking of who's coming in and who's coming off. Gotcha. I'll let you go on, uh, on this note here, but, uh, who does great play by play to you? today uh who do you enjoy listening to and what about those people uh kind of bring it full circle it might be maybe some of the same people uh what about those people makes them excel at their craft um i have always been uh a huge wayne larry fan going back to i mean the 1985 super bowl i still have the cassettes uh, as a bears fan who was living in champaign at the time i still have five cassettes from the super bowl when the Bears, uh, you know, uh, destroyed the Patriots. Um, I have always enjoyed Wayne's work, very descriptive, very enthusiastic. Um, and in the times that I have met him, I've always found him to be an unbelievable gentleman. Um, I obviously have always been a fan of, of Bob Costas' uh, work as well. Um, Joe Buck, not only a good friend, but I think he's, from a television standpoint, I think Joe has taken – uh, that to a different level. Um, it gets a tremendously bad rap. Like, I don't understand why people like, I, that's just the day and age yeah. in which we live. I mean, because of the, the influence of social media, um, you know, Dan McLaughlin, who does locally here in St. Louis, the Cardinals, the Cardinals, uh, play by play on Fox sports Midwest is not only one of my dear friends, but I just think he's tremendously talented. He, he, he has the ability and has about six or seven different color analysts and seamlessly works them in and out each and every game. And it's just, I mean, it's remarkable the, the, the job that he does with a number of different individuals that he works with throughout the course of the season. Um, and, you know, has become, you know, for this generation, this fan base and, and generation of fan base, he's, he's become, you know, the Jack Buck of, 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 the St. Louis Cardinals. And so, um, you know, there are so many gifted broadcasters. Mike Reese is one of my dear friends and a great mentor at SIU Carbondale. Um, and Mike has always been a guy that I've always had the utmost respect for, uh, not only his pacing, his delivery, um, you know, his descriptions, but, but also just, um, you know, how much he loves what he does. And you can hear it each and every time that he's, that he's on the air. Um, you know, I, really big fans of a lot of the guys that I encounter uh, around the Southeastern Conference. Really big fan. And, and just, you know, uh, it's been such an honor to get a chance to, to meet those guys since Missouri, you know, shifted from the Big 12 to the Southeastern Conference. Um, too many to name, obviously. So, um, I was say, is that cool you for know, you, when uh, you when you switch affiliate? affiliations like that and you get to interact meet work with different guys go to different places well that's that's the, yeah and 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 joel as i've gotten older i'm kind of selfish you know <laughs> so i kind of like the warmer weather uh in in the southeastern conference i kind of like the uh the different venues and seeing you know uh you know this week we're at you know williams bryce stadium in, in columbia south carolina terrific venue uh, 
next week we go to Bryant-Denny Stadium. I've never called a game from Bryant-Denny, but my youngest daughter uh, went to school in Alabama. So I've been inside the stadium as a fan um, on a few occasions over the course of the last four years. And so, uh, yeah, so so being able to see that. And, and, and you know, it, to me it's been the best of both worlds because, you know, you get to know obviously a lot of different venues with the Big 8 and the Big 12 and, now to be in the SEC and get to meet all these different people and expand, expand, if you will, not only, uh, you know, your footprint, but, uh, you know, you're just the, the, the number of uh, friends and connections is, is, has been really, really special. I was going to say, you probably, this is a third rail, but you probably miss going to fog Allen, but it probably gets made up for when you get to have like bucket list things like Brian, you, you know, uh, man it was, yeah, I mean, Hey, that's a cathedral, and I don't care what any Missouri fan says. I mean, you know, Allen Fieldhouse in Lawrence, Kansas, is truly one of the treasures in college basketball, and the folks at Kansas have done a terrific job of of keeping it keeping it uh, relevant uh, through the different changes and, and renovations that they've made through the years. Um, you know, and it's it's it, it's yeah, it was. Love doing games there, really did. Uh, but also kind of dig going to Rupp Arena. That's been kind of fun too. So you know, um, there's yeah. I, I've just at the end of the day, you know, the, the one thing people should know about me is that that I, that I'm the first one to tell you I've been really fortunate and very blessed uh, to be in this position for as long as I've been here. Mike, how do people find you and uh, tune into the Tigers, or I guess track you down on social media and the like as well? Uh, I am not on social media. I'm just not a big fan. Um, I just More think there's too much to negativity. <laughs> yeah, so I just uh, I, I tune it out. I mean, and, and the other thing I would say is, you know, when I was when I was on Twitter, it was because you know of the news value. Uh, but then what we have, I think, all found out is that you know when stories are reported uh, because of the urgency that people feel to get it on social media most of the initial stories are incorrect. And so I just, I just had enough of it and just kind of pulled the plug, um, you know, uh, and just, it just, it, 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 it's just not something that I enjoyed. So, uh, mutigers.com is Missouri's website. You can go on there and find our affiliates in St. Louis. We're on, uh, AM 550 KTRS. I do a two hour talk show though on Sunday mornings. Uh, on KMOX in St. Louis and uh, on every Sunday between 10 and noon. Um, So, yeah, that would be a couple places. That's Mike Kelly joining us here on PXP Cast since 1991-92, the voice of the Missouri Tigers in 1994 uh, when he took over the play-by-play role as well in addition to his basketball duties. If there's one thing that sticks with me, and again, this is just kind of where my head has been at over the last couple of weeks of play-by-play, but when he talked about treating each play like a pyramid and starting kind of at the bottom for each one and building. And then the next play comes around and you're back at the pyramid. You're back at the foot. You're back at the foundation. And you're setting that table again and then you build. And sometimes one will build higher than the play before it. Sometimes one will build higher than the play after it. But at the end of the day, you always come back to the beginning of that pyramid and set the table with your inflection, with your volume, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, really going to be top of mind for me as uh, the Cardinals, Ball State, 
takes on Northern Illinois coming up on Saturday. I just, it's that time of year where you're just kind of excited to get back to it. The one thing I hate about football season is, like, it's such a long week. You play the game, and then you've got all week leading up to your next game. And that tension and the excitement and the, oh my goodness, can we just do this, continues to build up all week. Like baseball season, you play every day. Basketball season, you play twice a week. Football, though, you build up to this emotion of what you finally get to do on Saturday. So looking forward to uh, what the Cardinals have in store and how it goes on the air with Northern Illinois on Saturday. Uh, Until then, however, um, enjoy the rest of this episode and further episodes in our archive of PXPCast. And find us on social media as well. If you don't follow, give us a follow at PXPCast. Throw us a rating or review as well. And then we'll talk to you right back here next week when Dave Hunziker is our guest, the voice of the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Until then, my name is Joel Gadette. This is PXPCast. And we are out.